It's another Sunday night in comedy, and tonight we're stepping behind the curtains and into the business of comedy with three industry heavyweights we haven't talked to since, well, before the crap really hit the fan. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to another all-new Inside Jokes, baby, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. Although now I guess it's more reading troll comments on live feeds, but you know, we'll get, we'll get back to it. Vince Tedesco, our producers on the line. How are you doing this week, buddy? Doing well. Is that how long Hakeem Optical has been around for 1967? That's correct. It's Hakeem Optical that's been around for 50 years. Not wow. this show. Do you know what, what else happened in 19? 19- we'll see. What's you that? Know what else happened in 1967? What? lots of things actually but what what are you gonna one significant on? thing that's happening right now that's happening right now well the last time the toronto maple leafs won the stanley cup was 1967 uh, okay and All the right. play so i'll see it's sports so you tune right out exactly yeah you, you know you went with a good thing at least i was gonna be like i don't know bobby kennedy got shot you know you went with a nice thing so that's good we need the positivity vince this week's panel is interesting though because we have three heavy hitters on the industry side of comedy who actually, Vince, they joined us on the panel over a year ago now, way before all this pandemic stuff sort of- Yeah, it felt like 1967. felt like 1967. (laughs) The last time there were, you know, festivals and human beings in audiences, all that stuff. But it'll be interesting to catch up with, with these three guests tonight and figure out what has happened to the industry? Where do they see it going? How this has impact brands and careers and sort of the, the future of Canadian comedy? Because there's, you know, we've we've obviously COVID, Vince has been the elephant in the room this entire season. You kind of have to talk about it because it's what's happening in the world. And it's of course, what's happening in the comedy business. But we've come to an interesting point too. We were saying the last couple of shows how we've really come to a point where comics and, and industry insiders have sort of figured out how to work within this framework. And we'll see if that sort of carries on moving forward, how much this will sort of evolve things. And, you know, it's, it's all about the silver lining at this point, Vince. Yeah. I love these episodes, man. You get the nitty gritty behind the scenes stuff. You that no one ever knows find about. Out what's going on, you know, what the wizard looks like behind the curtain. That's what it's all about. So we're going to kick it to our panel. Again, we have uh, three old friends of the show, three industry giants. I think that is fair enough to say Bruce Hills, who of course runs just for laughs, the biggest comedy festival really on the planet is going to join us. We have Clayton Peters, manager, booker talent agent extraordinaire and of course morgan flood who i can't really think of anybody on the agent side who has had a chance to see more canadian comics especially here in toronto come up through the years and and watch their careers grow so it'll be interesting to see where things are at and last time we spoke to this specific panel was well over a year ago and as we all know there's been a the slight uh global pandemic that has happened (laughs) ever since then. So we're going to find out sort of where the industry has gone, where we see it's going next, how comics have worked within this framework, what's happening with festivals, all of the big stuff that we want to see what's going to happen this year. We'll do the the roll call. Of course, we have Bruce Hills on the line. He's the man behind Just for Laughs. Of course, all of you know it, the world's biggest comedy festival. Bruce, how are you doing? 
Doing good. Doing good. You know, that, I the, feel like that could be such a loaded question these days. <laughs> well, look, I, I, uh, I see us, you know, slowly getting out of this, seeing some signs, especially what we hear is happening uh, shortly in Quebec, that things are opening up and yeah. people are getting vaccinated and venues are going to open. Um, so, uh, you know, I feel a little bit more optimistic and it's sunny out, you know? It's sunny out. That's right. The season is coming. And I do, you know, a big thing that we really want to hit on is because obviously we've been in the trenches of this whole COVID thing, this entire season on the show, checking in with comics and bookers and agents everywhere and just figuring out how people have been rolling with the punches. But I really do think there is sort of a silver lining element that's happening. We are kind of, we're coming towards the end of it. We're certainly not there yet, but it's interesting. And we'll get into this with all you guys, but we've really seen how the industry has sort of just rolled with this and worked within this framework and sort of created some new stuff and some new platforms in the process uh we have clayton peters on the line also our old friend of the show how are you doing clayton i'm good guys good to be back so we'll find out of course what yourself and, and russell have been working on this year and how you guys have sort of rolled with this whole thing and last but not least morgan flood agent booker extraordinaire manager extraordinaire how are you doing morgan i'm doing well how you doing dean we're good. I mean, you know, it's like I said, we've been checking in with comics all over Canada this past year, all over the U.S., all over the planet, really, and just figuring out how people have sort of rolled with this. People are, you know, there's a lot of sort of side projects that have been happening this year. People are jumping to live streaming platforms that they probably never would have thought of before. Comics are dropping albums that they maybe had sitting on the back burner. People are just trying to figure out how to retain that audience and how to keep pumping out content and and basically just keep working the first thing i want to get into actually since we of course have bruce with us is you know last year just for laughs flipped over to a sort of digital format it was a live stream thing that was you know working with all the stuff that we have right now i mean bruce and certainly all of you guys can roll with this you know traditionally right now is when we're in the lead up to festival season that's a big part of the show right now we're getting into jfl season we're getting to all the summer fringes and all that stuff do you, do you guys think that, uh, and I'm specifically JFL, of course, is, is this whole digital platform and live streaming thing going to be a part of the package overall moving forward? Do you guys think this is really going to sort of mutate how, how comedy works from now on? Well, I, I can answer for us. Uh, it will for certain because there are certain elements of what we do that I would love comedy fans around the world to be able to see. You know, uh, I think it's, uh, you know, I think we should have been, uh, you know, making available Andy Kindler's State of the Industry address for a decade. Uh, you know, and we, we did, you know, edited on SiriusXM, you know, a couple months later or something. Yeah. But I think comedy fans should be seeing our award show. It's honestly one of the funniest, most star-studded award show out there. The biggest names in the business, uh, you know, new faces. Why couldn't we expand the exposure opportunity for new faces. And, you know, now there's new faces Canada as well, which we are doing this summer, but I would have to suspect that uh, new faces from this point forward would have a live in the room opportunity and a simultaneous uh, uh, online presence to the industry around the world. Uh, and and we, we feel it, it won't have a cannibalization. Uh, it won't be cannibalizing what we do. We believe it will just be expanding. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I believe, like I, I had a discussion with the head of tourism in Montreal explaining the vision for the future. And I said, don't worry, just because we're going to make things available, not yeah. just industry, you know, broader initiatives. And I said, you know, if anything, it's going to be a major lure to Montreal 
hey, I just saw that cool thing in Montreal. Yeah. Why shouldn't we get there next year uh, versus, you know, taking away seven tickets? I mean, I, I don't think it will have a major impact at all. So for certain, uh, there will be no live only event ever again. You know? And I mean, it, it, it's a strength in a way. I mean, obviously, you know, this all happened out of circumstances that nobody could have predicted. I mean, nobody's seen this happen just in life in general in a century and certainly not in the comedy world. Um, but it's a it's a it's a fantastic point. I mean, you know, streaming Kindler's state of the industry and all of these award shows and 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 panels and all this stuff that are normally just such a part of the overall experience at just for laughs a lot of that stuff is really open to to comics and industry folks so it was a great chance for fans sitting at home and people who obviously know the just for laughs brand to sort of get to step backstage and get this sort of all access pass so there is a flip side of the coin there for sure yep one thing I find, and I mean, certainly Clayton and, and Morgan, this speaks to, to both of your experiences and where you come from at this, you know, comics adapting to streaming online and doing all these live feed shows and all this stuff, which is obviously such a different animal than being in the club, being on stage, being at the festival in, in, in the room with the crowd. Do you, do you find it more difficult now to do, and especially Morgan, I mean, certainly this is a huge part of, of what you do, seeking out new talent looking at new comics who are working because there's not those mics and those sort of heritage shows that people are able to go up and, and, and workshop their stuff at right now. Um, I guess the short answer would be not currently. Um, I think it's more, I mean, no comics are working, right? So it doesn't look good to be signing comics while half your roster is not working. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, right. It's a bad luck. Not that I've been, you know, if there's anyone out there, you know, developing their, 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 their material, right? Everyone's, you know, like you said, they're they're basically emptying the chambers on material that they've got finished, like whether it's, you know, gratefully to, to Just for Laughs and the TV tapings that we've been able to do this past year, some clients have been able to do, um, and, uh, you know, virtual shows, the uh, the odd outdoor show, drive-in shows, that kind of stuff. So there's yeah. been some opportunities for people to keep collecting those muscles, but not to the extent that they'd like. And so I have, a, I have quite a few clients that have... <clears throat> really just kind of looked and pivoted towards, all right, I'm going to focus on my writing, focus on my acting and try and get that stuff further along. Basically just pivoting to writing and, and, and uh, other aspects of the career because they can't, you know, because there's no, there's no live work right now. And so, and gratefully, you know, these are mostly established comics. So they have other means, they have their passive incomes coming in that help support them. But the, uh, you know, focusing on other aspects of their career, more or less been forced to do and i think in you know it's, it is a small silver lining because there are some benefits from that but ultimately comics want to want to get up on stage and, and do their thing and so we're all looking forward to that so let's you know lift that lockdown yeah oh my god hopefully soon uh the writing thing is a perfect there's there is a bit of a catch-22 there for sure that a lot of comics have been dealing with so we'll come back with more of our industry panel it's the behind the scenes the business of comedy we'll be back with more inside jokes right here on global news radio 640 toronto hey this is nikki nasrallah and you are listening to inside jokes on global news radio 640 toronto yes no
Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is our industry panel. We're sort of checking in, seeing the state of comedy and how, how comics and, and, and bookers and producers and agents and managers, and in Bruce Hill's case, managers and, and CEOs of the biggest comedy festival on the planet have sort of been rolling with all this stuff and of course Morgan Flood you made a good point before the break you know talking about how yeah live stages weren't open unless you happen to live in Alberta for like most of the year for the most part clubs are closed stages are closed festivals had to sort of adapt just for laughs last year of course went digital and and streamed online a lot of comics though find it difficult to get into that space where all of a sudden they're forced into all of this downtime, which could be, you know, writing time and, and work on other projects. But a lot of comics really do find it difficult to hone out material and, and write new material because A, they can't go up on stage and work that stuff out because you have to do a new bit somewhere. It doesn't matter if you eat it, you have to literally just let it out somewhere. And also comedy is generated by life. And all of us have been sort of stuck in this same shared experience. So do you guys think that it's going to, that there's going to be a, a sort of a boon of new material that comes out of all this downtime? Or do you think it's going to be a lot of comics sort of falling back on stuff that they were doing before this happened? I think, uh, I think the more disciplined people will come out with some really great material. I know uh, I'm in a few comic chats and, and there's guys who've uh, just been writing and writing and writing their asses off. Yeah. And now some of these guys are in New York and now they're getting the opportunity to kind of take it out there and test it. Some of them did it in really small Zoom comedy sessions where they'd have like six, seven, eight comics doing stand-up for, you know, 90 to 100 people maybe watching on Zoom. But, uh, you know, that's been really brutal. We've picked up a couple of those sort of corporate Zoom things for my brother and they are just horrible. <laughs> they're horrible yeah. they're horrible for the artist uh because <laughs> you know the com i mean comedy is a 50 50 proposition right the, the yeah. comedian he's doing his part and he needs the audience to give him back the, the laughter right otherwise you're doing comedy in a vacuum and one of the things that we've seen is some of the buyers in terms of like there's a lot of corporate people who are thinking hey we'd love to hire russell for a corporate we're doing this you know staff appreciation or we're doing something for frontline workers and I'm like, listen, we'd love to do it. We picked up a couple of them and it was just terrible. Really, really bad. And then even the buyers are sort of having buyers remorse. In fact, in talking to some of the agency people, we've actually heard stories where people are, are wanting their money back after eating the food. Um, you yeah. know, they, they, they've been, uh, the comics have been doing their part. They do these Zoom shows. And then all of a sudden you get this message later on saying, yeah, they weren't satisfied with it. And the problem that we have is that the public has this, somehow has this idea in their head or this perception that when a comic does a Zoom comedy show, it's going to be like watching, you know, Kimmel or somebody doing their monologue on television. They don't realize it's just like everyone here in this thing. We're all sitting in our basement somewhere, yeah. you know, with, with an LED light and talking into a vacuum. And we can do it here as a conversation. But, you know, where they're not getting the feedback from the audience, it's just, you know, and, and as it is, it's an art form which can lead to some insecurity. If you, you know, it's not like being a musician where you've got a band and, you know, you can play songs about love and all this kind of thing. You're a comic and you're just speaking your thoughts and hopefully people find it funny. But if you don't get that laughter right back at you, that immediate gratification, you know, mental health wise, it's, it's a killer form. Like it's, it's, it's rough. 
It totally isn't. I mean, you, of course, talking about your brother, Russell, I mean, this is somebody who's who's been at this for decades and who's built quite a one man brand and built a name for himself. And even this experience, I'm sure, is so new for Russell as well, because nobody's really had to sort of step into this specific arena before. And I mean, it's different for comics because that relationship with the audience has now changed. There's this remove there. You know, watching people on cameras doing a corporate or whatever you're doing is such a different thing than being in that room. And, you know, one thing that's so integral for comics is the energy of the room. It's those few moments before you get up on stage where you're pacing around in the green room and you're reading the energy of the room and you're it's you're like riding this wave. It's hard to be at home with a green screen up and a mic and the camera goes on and that's it. You're live. It's such a different thing. It's a vacuum. And especially, you know, you talk about talking to the audience. Uh, as we all know, my little brother has a little penchant for a uh, for the audience interaction, uh, yes. which people kind of <laughs> kind of criticize him a bit for quite a bit. But, uh, you know, that's part of his shtick. That's what he likes. That's that's the stuff that he loves. And people, you know, the people who are fans of his really love that, too. You know, other comics, maybe not so much. But anyway, uh, so especially in his case where he wants to talk to the person on the screen, but he just it just doesn't work. So it's, it's been tough. One thing that's, and I mean, of course, Russell, Russell is one of those few sort of household name comics that came out of Canada that figured out how to do this, which is sort of having this global appeal and having this reaching out to this broad audience. I think one interesting thing that has come out of this past year of, you know, comic streaming stuff online and festivals going online and all that stuff is, you know, for years in Canadian comedy, everybody always sort of struggled with that same old scenario of how do we get Canadian audiences to watch us and pay attention to us without having to move to the States. You know, that, that, that was always the thing. Comics, those old school road dogs who would pound the pavements and go to Legion halls and small towns and festivals all over the country, trying to build that audience in a way. Do you guys feel like we've almost sort of sidestepped that because now everything's just about a global audience. Now everything is just accessible to everybody. And I guess that'll probably, I mean, as Bruce was saying earlier with the festival, that's going to sort of be a part of the package moving forward. Absolutely. Uh, but I do believe uh, people are, cannot wait to get back into a live room situation. Um, absolutely. And, and that's what we're going to do this summer in Montreal. Uh, and luckily, you know, we had to make a decision for July was based on common sense and what we hoped would happen. Uh, now <laughs> that we know that 250 people are officially permitted in a venue, uh, you know, we're going to be able to do something this summer um, um, to do what we had, had planned this summer and, you know, get comedy fans in front of comics uh, in a meaningful way. Uh, and we're going to focus on Canadians like we have most of uh, the pandemic. And, uh, you know, and I think that's going to be great. Which is, and it's so true. I mean, you know, just for laughs, you have a brand, you have a name, you you know, so if you live stream something or if you put out a special or a new album or whatever the case may be, the audience is there. They're going to download that content. They're going to stream that content. They're going to watch the comics they know and love. It's a comedy brand, but such, such a huge part of the magic of just for laughs and what made it what it is, is being there at the festival even, even, I mean, of course, you guys have sort of the sister version, JFL 42, which has always been here in Toronto for the past, coming up on a decade almost now. Um, yep. but it's such a different animal because when you're in Montreal, when you're there for the Mothership Festival, it swallows up the whole city. It's comedy Mardi Gras. You can't walk an inch in downtown Montreal without knowing what's around you. And it just is such 
an event. It's such a mass thing. So being able to get back to that, of course, is huge. Cause I mean, you guys can pick up, you know, the biggest comics on the planet and stream content. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Look, this, the summer focus will be do as much as we can in front of an audience in Montreal, knowing that we can't get Canadians living in the U S back or Americans into the country without 14 day quarantine, which makes that a tough thing unless you have economics that are going to attract them. And it's pretty challenging to come up with economics based on the live situation. But we're really trying to just set the table for what we believe will be a massive July 22, 40th anniversary edition. So, you know, in every meeting we're talking about July, we're spending a great deal of time talking about July 22. Uh, because that's the piece we want to set up. And because people are so frustrated with the situation, um, you know, we're saying to them, look, we can't get you back this summer. Yeah. But what about July 22? Let's lock it. You know, we're starting to have those conversations. Um, and we pretty well already know, you know, who's going to be in the Bell Center for three nights because those agents called us, you know, yeah. um, and said, he or she would like to come back and hold a date. So, you know, uh, we feel, you know, very much, uh, we feel in a good place that we can do a first class hybrid event um, and then uh, blow people away while also getting Toronto ready, JFL Northwest and Vancouver ready. Yeah. And at some point in the not too distant future, we'll be making an announcement about another festival. Yeah. I think, not in Canada. Uh, oh. Yeah. Somewhere else. Oh, and Bruce, by the way, Bruce, give forget. it to the strength. Do I need to book oh, a hotel for July 22? Uh, yes, you do. Okay. You go. As soon I'll as see possible. You there. Drinks on yeah, first uh, rounds on me. I'm coming back, yeah. baby. Vince just misses and, the Hyatt bar. Let's be honest. That's what he's really yeah. getting at there. And, and if you can get yourself to Sydney, Australia, we're going ahead with our dates. Um, JFL Australia in Sydney in December. Perfect. Good. Yeah. Writing it all, all down, all Bruce. Kiwi writing it all edition. down. All Kiwi and a couple of, excuse me, all, start again. All Aussie version with some Kiwis. That's the only way we can do it. And, <laughs> and uh, it's been an interesting challenge, but uh, the, the acts from Australia and New Zealand are happy because they're getting all the attention. Yeah, awesome. yeah there we go. And I mean, That's again, it, 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 it points to the fact that, you know, we aren't in the clear yet. The mist hasn't lifted. We're still very much in this thing. But the end of the tunnel is there. Things are, are coming back around. And it is, you know, it's not like a year ago when this whole thing was such a question mark. And I think certainly all of you in the meetings that I'm sure you were all having at the time, everything was such this looming question mark of what the heck is this going to do to everything? How long will this last? And I think, honestly, one thing we've seen this year that, you know, we always sort of knew, but this certainly has, has proven it is that, Canadian comedy and Canadian comics are nothing if not resilient. That's that's for sure. I mean, for sure. You know, as you all know, and I mean, Morgan, you manage so many of these people as well. Comics in this country, it's a tough thing to eke out a living in to begin with. You know, and it's a it's a it's 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 a lifestyle gig, and it's an all you know, and there's competition there, and it's you're trying to build an audience. And what we've seen this year is that it's uh it's it's really quite impossible to kill Canadian comedy. So it's it's nice to see some of this stuff coming back around and hear about what just for laughs plans are and, and just where comics are at at this point in their careers and hopefully things you know live shows come back as soon as possible and things lift we're going to come back with more of our industry panel find out where things are headed and 
put 2020 behind us, really. I think we've had enough of that this season. We're gonna come back with more of our panel right here on Inside Jokes. Hi, my name is Andrew Johnston. You're listening to Inside Jokes. Is it on 640? Keep banging. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical helping you stand six feet away from everyone you love. How about that? I can't wait till the COVID plugs are over too. That'll, that'll be great. We of course have our industry panel. We have Clayton Peters, Bruce Hills and Morgan flood on the line. One thing I was curious to pick your brains on. And of course, all of you would sort of come back for uh, at this from different viewpoints is, you know, in cities like Toronto and Montreal and Vancouver you know, those shows and those venues that were sort of these cult rooms that so many comics would fight tooth and nail to get on those stages. And if you got on those stages, it meant you were headed in the right direction. I mean, places like, of course, here in Toronto, we had the Rivoli, we had Spirits, we had Kenny Robinson's Nubian show, we had Texas Comedy Massacre, Montreal, of course, all of those great off JFL venues and those hometown venues that really cranked out so many of our most brilliant comics over the years. Do you guys think after a period like this and just with the way that things have changed so much that there'll be more sort of new heritage spots like that, that can be born after all of this? Hard to predict. Um, I think some of these venues, I mean, unfortunately I've heard that a a few of these smaller venues are, may not come back. Um, And I mean, obviously I'm only speaking for Toronto, but uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I, um, I think, you know, like your, the, your show at the Rivoli or, you know, like any shows at the Comedy Bar or, or what have you, those ones I would imagine would stay, at least you hope so. Um, yeah. But I also think that there's going to be, um, you know, like you said, there's going to be this, this, it's almost like a door dash, right? Everyone just a mad desire to kind of get, get up on stage and the hardcore comedy fans coming up to support it. I mean, I'm sure you guys uh, uh, covered it, but, you know, like those outdoor shows were really popular i mean obviously it was it was kind of like that's the only option that was out there but they were really well received and it did quite well and i think those will come back and i think if anything it might change some you know generally outdoor comedy in the summer isn't ideal but hey considering what we've just been through i'd love it you know so hopefully we'll see more of that right so i find like summertime is usually where comics i mean you know club work and stuff but you know you're or festivals but you're not really doing a lot of teams like you know more people are out doing you know music festivals or they're up cottaging and stuff. So there's not as many of those independent shows or those rooms. I mean, all the years that I produced comedy, summer was always a grind, right? It was always like, sometimes we just take the summer off because it was hard to get people out. That might change now. So hopefully. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen, of course, this, this past year, a lot of comics really stepping outside of their comfort zone and pl- and doing, mm-hmm. doing shows and doing venues that they typically would not have touched with a 10 foot pole. And a lot, of, I mean, I always bring up the example of, you know, Early on in the pandemic, we had Angelo Sarukis on and he was talking about how, you know, I've been touring around for 20, 30 years and doing the festivals and the clubs and all that. He goes, I never thought I would be doing like an Instagram live once a week and doing, you know, Zooms and TikToks and all this stuff. And he's like, now there's this whole new audience that would, wouldn't have been at my shows before. There's this whole new sort of generation of, of comedy fans that are out there now that have sort of cropped up during this. 
Hey, Morgan, would you object to like an yeah. Uber app for comedians? Just order one to come to your house. <laughs> you know, perform uh, in the backyard, put up a mic stand. Hey, listen, you know, everyone's different, right? There's, I'm sure there's a bunch of comics that would be all over that. Um, I know a bunch of comics that would hate it. So, you know, it's yeah, to each yeah. their own, right? So there's, there's certainly a market for it. I have no yeah, doubt. We give them a star rating, whatever, you know, four stars. Yeah. It comes highly recommended. And then just feed them at the end of the night. You know, maybe one side effect we might see from this is, you know, a, de a decade ago with, you know, when, when podcasting started being a thing and every every comic and their dog had to have a podcast and then, you know, the advent of the Netflix special and all that, there was sort of this wave of stuff that that breathed new life into stand-up and, and for, for a newer audience made stand-up cool again and stand-up was a thing you would seek out and see. So maybe once this stuff finally does come back around and crack open, maybe there will be some element of that. You know, all these people that we're calling Generation TikTok, maybe there will be some some element of these people who have watched this stuff online this past year and they go, okay, I want to go out and watch that actually. And never, that never occurred to me before. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, I think there's overwhelmingly the people are just going to want to get out there. And um, I mean, I, I, you know, I know Morgan's saying is that a lot of these venues have closed, but I think there'll be new things opening up. I think, um, you know, in the context of what you're talking about with Angelo and some of the other comics and the Uber app type scenario, uh, I think, you know, they'll be increasingly yeah. entrepreneurial. They'll be increasingly entrepreneurial, which Canadian comics, I think, have always been. Um, but I think you'll see, I'll see, you'll see them doing more innovative things uh, just to get out in front of people. And I really do, you know, I've, I've had this discussion with many, many people, and I think the overwhelming desire is to get back to where we were. And uh, and some of that will morph into new things. But um, yeah, I think everyone's going to just want to get back out there and get on stage and get in front of people. And people are going to want to see that. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think one thing we've also seen happen is in Canadian comedy, there's been this sort of sense of community that has happened out of all this where comics you know, first off, the stages aren't open and people aren't really competing with each other at the same level right now. But I think there's been this sense of sort of not to be too sort of kumbaya about it, but like we're all in this together because for a long time, a lot of comics, you know, the plan was sort of you try and get on just for laughs. You try and get a handful of other sort of key gigs in, in Canada and then you get your paperwork and you go to the States and that's, <laughs> and then you hope 10 years later, people in Canada know your name after the fact. But I think now there has been this sense of being more proud of being here at home. I mean, cause this is a country, as you all know, I mean, Bruce, you see comics all over the map pass across your stages every year. Clayton, you've been all over the globe with Russell Morgan. You've managed some of the best comics that have come out of this country in the past couple of decades there. But I think there's sort of this, this sort of pride in the fact that Canada has always been a comedy country. That's our biggest export. That's just what we do. That's what we crank out. It's not maple syrup. It's comedy. Well, music too. You know. Music too, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think there's been this sense of pride in the fact that, you know what, after all of this, maybe we can stay here at home and maybe we can sort of build this thing up even more and, and do what we love. Uh, but we're going to come back with more of our industry panel and find out some plugs. It's time for a plug fest. Of course, we kind of got Bruce hinted a little bit at sort of some stuff that's coming up through the Just for Laughs network. July 22nd, mark it down. July 2-2, Vince Tedesco will be back at his hotel bar that I know he misses so much because he talks about it every week. Uh, we'll find out what some of Morgan's clients have been up to, what Russell's been up to, and some of the good stuff coming up right here on Inside Jokes.
Hey, this is not Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on 640. And we're back! as much as I can at home on the Zoom show and scare my cats because I miss being in a studio with human beings. But anyways, it is our industry panel. We're getting inside the economics of comedy and sort of where the the whole industry and the biz is at right now. Uh, We'll go across our panel and find out what people have been working on during all this and what some of the stuff coming up. Uh, Clayton Peters, we'll shoot it over to you first. So what has, I mean, Russell's always busy. We know that. But what's been keeping you guys going through this entire pandemic? What's some exciting stuff coming up? Well, we've been picking up the most random club dates uh, from (laughs) Indianapolis to Omaha. We're looking at offers from Bucharest and Cairo right now as well. So that's how our world looks. But we were able to launch his podcast finally, very late in the game uh, in the podcast world, but Culturally Cancelled is now out on iHeartMedia. And it's uh, doing quite well, getting some traction. It's uh, all my brother. He's doing, it's all him. Uh, I've kind of did, uh, I kind of stood back a little bit, let him produce it and do the direction he wants to go and how he wants to do it. And he's enjoying it. And, uh, and so we've got that, we've got some other stuff coming out in the fall with Mr. Hills and, um, and some exciting things for 22. That's where we're looking ahead. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, where can people just go and, and, and look up Russell online? What's the site? YouTube, YouTube, russellpeters.com and YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, you know, the usual stuff that we're all staring at all day. Well, and we all know it because Canadian comic, you know, every every comic in this country knows that whatever town in Canada you perform at, there's two things that get said to you the second you walk off stage. The first one is, do you know Russell Peters? (laughs) And the second one is always, I have a buddy who's really funny and should do this. And the answer is, no, they should not. But anyways, Bruce Hills, of course... (laughs) As you mentioned earlier, there is some exciting stuff coming up for the Just for Laps brand. There is some festival stuff happening. Where can we find all this? Well, you could find out that JFL uh, Montreal is going to happen July 26th to 31st on com. Again, streaming from LA and New York and Montreal at the same time. We also shot four series in um, 2021 that will be coming out in the coming uh the coming year, uh, one of which with my friend Clayton and Russell. And last but not least, you know, you can go anytime you want for a good laugh on JFL Canada. You know, uh, Ben Miner will take good care of you. And uh, you can hear some of the best comics in the world, all Canadian, 24-7. There we go. And of course, I'm sure a lot of folks uh, home have been keeping sane by listening to that during all of this. But Bruce, it's beautiful to just hear about this stuff coming back. And like I said, we're in such a different, we're not there yet, but we're in such a different place than we were when all this first started. And that's comedy. The show must go on. And of course, Morgan Flood, you represent the some of the best of the best in this country. Of course, you've seen everybody come up in the last couple of decades. What's uh, What are some of your comics in, in your network working on? Uh, I mean, a lot of them are writing and creating. So big shout out to Aisha, Aisha Brown. She just won the Canadian Screen Award for... Um... Uh, first her comedy special that JFL produced that's on Crave TV and go check it out she just got just won the award this week at the awards um, as far as plugging everyone else 
I'll tell you when these shows are, are booked, but nothing's confirmed yet. But I would say go and support comedy in other ways. You know, just check out the, the podcast, check out their, what they're posting online. A lot of uh, comics are being creative online, whether doing IG stories or creating silly green screen clips online or doing just, <laughs> just, you know, finding a way to kind of access that comedy vein and then expose it, expose themselves to the world in a, in a way that they can't do right now, or I guess in a, in a different way than they, they're used to doing, right? So go support live comedy in the other forms that are out there right now, because uh, eventually we'll come back. But until uh, then, just, uh, you know, keep your, your finger on the pulse, right? Exactly. And I mean, uh, yeah, we have seen so much of that stuff come out this year. I mean, we've seen albums dropping like crazy we've seen viral sketches that have blown up new youtube channels launched and of course yes there is stuff you can stream from just for laughs russell peter's pumping it out on youtube so it's still very much there keep watching and listening until you can actually go be in the room watching these people live again doing what they should be doing uh, and bruce hills you have something yeah i just wanted to add to uh morgan's comment that aisha brown's perfectly titled the first black woman ever award-winning special on crave now yes so go true. to crave watch it it's awesome and uh you know that's all i want to say and by the way great company last year's winner was trevor noah there we go i mean you can't go wrong there and actually yeah, yeah. Brown joined us when that special dropped this past year that is our panel clayton bruce and morgan thank you so much for joining us and just sort of catching us up on where things are headed and where things have been look forward to the festivals and the live shows coming back and also being able to be in a studio with you guys again would be great too but we'll get there in the meantime there is so much content and there's so much still right now happening in canadian comedy that is our show that is our panel don't forget you can listen to all of our episodes right back to the beginning of time on global news online we will be back next week Montreal this summer, baby! Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week's Comedy Rx features Alicia Brown. To be really honest with you, uh, I'm a little bummed. I was dumped last winter and not over it. Uh, I don't love speaking about it, but I did write a song about it. You guys want to hear it? Cool. Here's a song about being dumped. I'm gonna f*** your friends. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very much. It's a whole song. Thanks. I'm going to sell it to Taylor Swift. <laughs> she could use it. Taylor Swift. Actually, you know what? She reminds me of a lot of my girlfriends because a lot of my girlfriends are huge liars. Bunch <laughs> uh, <laughs> of liars, right? <laughs> oh, thanks. I, uh, <laughs> no, it's weird. A lot of my girlfriends, when I was dumped, instead of giving me like heartfelt advice, just sent me cliches. I'm sure you've heard that one. It's better to have loved and lost than to have never. Yeah, that can die in a fire, right? Right? Because it's the memories of love that make you hurt, right? Like you'd never say to a recently diagnosed diabetic, hey man, remember donuts? Right? You love those. You know, sorry about your foot. <laughs> <laughs>